born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So, the Lord, he gave prophecy so that you'll be able to pinpoint who this child was going to be. So, you have to admit, when it starts off, it's talking about this baby. And uh, let me show you one that's uh, usually considered to be the first prophecy in the Bible. Look in Genesis chapter 3. The first prophecy in the Bible. So you have to admit, this baby was expected. It's an expected baby. They expected this child to be born. So here in the book of Genesis in chapter 3, it makes the statement here in verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed, Satan, and her seed, the woman. Woman is going to have a child. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right, look up here. Now we know that he is the snake, and if you stomp the head of the snake with your foot, you crushed the serpent's head, but you bruised your heel. Christ went to the cross, but he defeated Satan, but he got bruised. And by his stripes and by his bruises, the Bible says we are healed. So it's a prophecy all the way back there. First one right off the bat. When they sinned, God promised a savior. And so for all these years, from Abraham and all the way through, you're talking almost 4,000 years. It's been almost 6,000 years. So Jesus was expected. They were looking for him. And so later on, if you will, just take your Bible and look here in Genesis in chapter 49. Chapter 49. That may not be chapter 49, but it might be. Look at this. In the book of Genesis, since you're right there, and, uh, no, I was right the first time. It's 49. But Genesis 49, somebody's dying. You see there in verse 1, Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may read my last will and testament. <laughs> I'm going to die. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you in the last days. Now, so he gets all of his sons together, and he's going to tell them what's going to happen to them in the last days. But look what he says about Judah. See there in verse 10? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh, 
Shiloh was the prince of peace to the Lord. Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So he's telling us way back here in the book of Genesis that the one that's going to be born is going to be born of the tribe of Judah. There's 12 tribes, but he's coming from Judah. And of course, when you read over there in the book of Samuel and you talk about, you know, David's going to be the king, and the Lord says, I'm going to give you a son that's going to sit upon the throne and he'll reign forever. So he promised that this son, he's, going to, he's the Messiah, he's going to be a king. Not only is he going to be a king, it says that he's going to be born in a certain place. So Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, But though thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall he come forth that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old to everlasting. This child is going to be born in Bethlehem. Never had a beginning, never had an ending, but he was expected. This is an expected child. All of Israel was wondering, when is the Messiah going to come? So many prophecies were given about this child. So because of prophecies, the child was expected. But not many people were looking for him. Now, Zechariah was looking for him. And so they were expecting him to come. And so they um, were kind of excited about that. But now, look at another verse with me. If you will, there in the book of Luke, where he says, this child is going to be born of a virgin. See there in verse 27, chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So she's going to have a baby. A very unusual child. Uh, this is the Messiah that most women in Israel were hoping that they would be the one. But evidently they didn't know the prophecies. And they would have known that well, the child has to come to the tribe of Judah. That means that the woman has to be of the tribe of Judah. That just simply makes sense. For some reason or another, not everybody knew that. But the Lord had promised that he was coming. Now notice that this child is not just like any other child. We usually look at little babies. Have you ever seen somebody show you the baby pictures? And, you know, red and little puffy cheeks and so forth, you know. And sometimes they have hair, no hair. Now, when I was born, um, and I was born... My mother told me this. I didn't know this until afterwards, and she told me a lot. And, uh, of course, when my sisters and all heard it, they kept telling it forever and ever and ever. Says that when I was born, I, I did. I um, says I was, um, well, I had long black hair all over my body. You know, I had sideburns and hair going down my back. Straight black hair. Just <laughs> my daddy says I look like a little monkey. And he was going to put me in a burlap sack and throw me in a river and drown me. And I've had people say, you know, but that's not true. Yes, it is. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> and my mama said she, she wouldn't let him. And um, evidently I didn't die. I didn't die. But he says I was the ugliest kid he'd ever seen in his life. Now, my dad never seen Lynn. But my dad said I was the ugliest kid he'd ever seen. Now, you know, I was a little baby. I broke my heart. I cried for days. 
But the uh, first thing I remember is being behind bars and hitting a bottle. Well, the crib, you know, baby bottle. But anyway. And a doctor came to the house. All six of us kids were born at home. Mama never went to the hospital to have kids. And sometimes we showed up before the doctor got there. And uh, on a couple of them, she had, uh, you know, a midwife and all. But anyway, the doctor came to the house, looked at me, and looked at my daddy, and, he, and says, he looks just like his daddy, don't he? Well, my daddy had already done expressed himself, and so he, he cussed. He called me a blankety-blank Yankee. And that's why I got my name, because I was up north. And because um, a lot of people here, you know, you know I've had so many people ask me, where were you born? Where were you born? Where were you born? Uh, I, was, I was born up north. How'd you get the name Yankee? Oh, you don't want to know. But they do want to know, and so I have to tell them. And so I have to tell them that I really wasn't this. My mama one day told me, I said, Mama, was I really that ugly? No, you weren't that ugly. Now, I could take that two different ways, and she knew it. <laughs> you weren't that ugly. Jesus was a perfect baby. Whatever he looked like, he was a perfect baby. Nothing wrong with this baby. All of his fingers and all of his toes, he was a perfect baby. Because, you see, the lamb could not have any blemishes. There can be no blemishes. Nothing wrong could happen to them. That's why even when Christ came and was going into the city of Jerusalem, uh, this great examination took place, examining the lamb, and that's why he went from this place to this place to this place and so on, because they found no fault in him. They were trying to find somebody could find some reason, some fault in him, and they found no fault, because that's examining the lamb, to see if there's anything wrong with the lamb. And nothing was wrong with him. And so uh, he passed the test. He was a perfect child. And to think that no man, nobody, has ever been born like this child. And to think, if you were going to do this, wouldn't you have, you know, called in all the kings of all the countries? Have you ever noticed, look at all the pomp and circumstance when... Uh, that British fellow over there got married and she became a princess and they had a baby. It was all over the news. Everybody's all excited about it. I mean, it was big stuff. Pictures of that little baby all over the world. And yet here's Jesus who came into the world. How many in the news media was there? How many newspapers did it make? He reveals himself to a lowly woman. He's born in a lowly stable with the sheep, laying in a trough, nothing glorious about, no red carpet, but here laid the most perfect baby ever to be born in all the world. Nobody has ever been born like this baby was because this baby was a perfect baby. He was expected, prophesied, and lo and behold, there he is. But you stop and think, nobody has ever lived like this baby. You consider that here's this man that came into the world. Nobody has ever lived like him. Nobody has ever died like him. Nobody came back from the dead like him. There's really nobody quite like him. Nobody. So it's a wonderful, wonderful story. And that's why I guess everybody loves to tell the story of the birth of Christ. I like it myself. But he had, I guess you could say, he was called the Prince of Peace. Remember and he talked about joy to the world, peace on earth. Since Jesus has been here, has there been a lot of peace on earth? Peace on earth? 
What? Look at the world today. Are we better off today than we were 10 years ago? A thousand years ago. It's getting worse and worse and worse. So what have they done with this Prince of Peace? Well, the world won't have peace until the Prince of Peace comes and literally sets up a kingdom upon this earth. Now that day is going to take place. But when you stop and think about it, it's not only a pretty little baby, he's a precious little baby, priceless little baby. Nobody could afford a child like this. Every child born into this world is born with a sinful nature. How much would you give to have a child born that didn't have one? When Jesus was born, he had no sinful nature. And he never sinned his whole life. So there's not just a, a little story like, you know, everybody else, no, no. Jesus was different. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Look what he says down here in verse 30. In verse 30 of chapter 1 of the book of Luke, he says in verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You're going to have a child. You're going to have a baby. She says, we got a problem. Nassau, we have a problem. In verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. So, you're telling her what you're going to call this. His name is going to be called Jesus. He who saves, keeps, protects, defends, he's the Lord. Jehovah is Old Testament for God. Jesus is New Testament for Jehovah. It's uh, Yeshua. It's the same as Joshua. Same word. And he is God in the flesh. This child shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's in the book of Matthew in chapter 1. So we have here the story about Jesus Christ is going to be born. Now hold your place right here. Look there in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Galatians and chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And look what he says there in verse 4. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, get this, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So he came into the world, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he could fulfill the law, keep it perfectly, and then because there's no guilt found in him, he could be proven that he had never sinned, no fault, no flaws, and take the sins of the world upon himself and be a substitute for everybody else. So this is what is done. Now, turn over there to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews in chapter 10. In Hebrews in chapter 10, this is why this is written in the scriptures for these reasons. See there in verse 5. Verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But underline this part of the verse. But a body hast thou prepared me. See, the Bible says a son is given. 
child is born. As a son of God, he's always existed, and God sent his son into the world and became a child. The child was born. And so he says, a body hast thou prepared me. So why was Mary highly favored? Because God used her to prepare a body so that the Son of God could be born into this world. What a story. A man couldn't make this up. And every person who prophesied, their prophecy was all in advance of when it would be fulfilled. So that the person who gave the prophecy couldn't have anything to do with his fulfillment, couldn't make it happen. And so from the Old Testament, from all those things that were written, until the New Testament, 400 years of silence. And of those 400 years, see, there's no prophecy given. So that means that nobody can make this happen. After 400 years, how are you going to make all this come to place? Now, if they had just gave the prophecy last week, well, then they can try to make it fulfilled this week. Could Jesus said, I am going to come to the earth and make myself do this if he was just a man? Determine where he's going to be born. Did you determine where you were born? Did you have any say in it at all? Did you have anything to do with being a male or female? Was that your call? Uh, before I get out of here, I want, to be a, I want to be a man or I want to be a girl. No, no, no. You didn't have a choice. Did you decide where you would be born? Did you decide that? Did you have any say where you would be born? You didn't even choose your parents. He did. He knew exactly the very year he was going to be born. And it mentions it over in the book of Daniel in chapter 9. And the 70 weeks. So, see, there's a lot of things that we can't make it happen. We didn't make it happen. How could he make it happen? Unless he's God. And on a certain date, he showed up in the middle of Miami, riding on a donkey backwards, strumming a banjo and singing... Yankee Doodle went to town. But now, he did come and was born in Bethlehem, right on schedule, made of a woman, just like the Bible says, no man involved. And a miraculous birth because he says he would be born of a virgin. Isaiah seven fourteen, Just like he says. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So, this is why we needed a sacrifice. Well, what's he going to offer? He's got to offer this sacrifice, this physical body. That's why they offered a, a lamb or a, it's a physical body. So if he's going to be a sacrifice, he has to offer his body. But he can't have any sin. No leaven. It has to be perfect. And that's why he could not have a man as his father on the earth because he would have had a sinful nature and that would have disqualified him. It's incredible. Man could not have put this together. This is truly divine. In book of Luke chapter 1, look again, where he says here, in verse 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, when Christ was here, he didn't get it. They rejected the king, kingdom postponed, so that's why a lot of people say that Israel is not Israel today, and therefore God is not going to use them anymore. They, 
been cast away, and there's not going to be any kingdom except the church is going to have to win the world to Christ and bring in this kingdom. It ain't going to happen. Church isn't bringing in any kingdom at all. We're going to be taken out of here. And then it's going to be the worst period of time the world's ever known. And then the king coming. The king is coming. And he's going to set up his kingdom, and he's going to rule the throne of David. Now look what else he says in verse 33. He shall reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Now that's a promise. That's a covenant that God had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God has to keep his word. Isn't it amazing that when God told Abraham, he says that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And he told him that just by his faith, his righteousness would be given. So he tells us in the book of Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 8, says that, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Means that here's Abraham. Through Abraham, he's going to have a seed, which is Christ. And through that seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed because of this one person that's going to be born. And that's Jesus. So Jesus came right on schedule in the fullness of time, when the time was ripe, Christ was born. And because he was born right on schedule, then God is able to fulfill the promises. But remember, he promised that he would save a man by faith alone. He could not have done it if the son had not come. If the son had not died and paid for the sins of the world, God could not have kept his word. He could not have fulfilled his promise that he would save a man by faith. So the son had to be obedient to the father in order for the father to keep his word. So what if Jesus had never kept the word and obeyed the father? That's why he says, I do always those things that please my father. So therefore God made a promise and God can keep his word. So he gave the law so that Jesus would be born under the commands of the law and have to keep it perfectly. Because you see, everybody, in a sense, is under the law. But everybody broke the law because everybody sins. All have sinned means you've all broke the law. So Christ has to come into this world as a man and keep the law perfectly and not be condemned. So that's why when you and I trust Christ as our Savior, God gives us eternal life. We get to go to heaven because of what he did on the cross for us. Now look what else he says here. Look there in uh, verse 33 where he says, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. No end to it. Now there will be a thousand years upon the earth, then there will be a new heavens and a new earth, but the, his kingdom will never cease to be. It will always be. And then he says here in verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Now she knows there's a problem. Seen, I know not a man. She hasn't got a husband. How is she going to have a child? So, in verse 35, the answer. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, 
and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That holy thing. It's not just a blob of flesh. It's a holy thing. That's the Son of God. That's a child. And notice that it says down in verse 39, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. See, she was the one that was going to have John the Baptist. That's why John the Baptist, and Jesus were cousins. Then he says in verse 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the fetus leaped in her womb. What did it say? The babe babe in the mother's womb leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, go back up there to verse 35. Verse 35, that holy thing which shall be born right on schedule shall be called the Son of God. In verse 36, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. You know what I think I, I like about all this too? Is the angel knows when the person got pregnant, and he knows how far along they are, knows where they are, and knows everything. I think God's keeping tabs on us. Do you ever get worried about that little thing we call a cell phone with that GPS on it, and they can tell where you are everywhere you go? Isn't it amazing? Drive that car down there, and it'll tell me what road I'm on, and I turn this way, and it'll tell me what road that is, and tell me how far I am from this and far I am from that. And we're going to quit because here comes the angels. The angels of the Lord have shown up. Look up here. This is you and me. This is sin. I got me some beautiful sin this week. Somebody gave me a new wallet. Every time I pull out this wallet, I'm going to think about the person that gave it to me. That's not a good idea. I don't know if that's good or not. I connect him with sin. <laughs> no. This is sin. I mean, you and me. The Bible says that we're all born in this world with a sinful nature, and that's why we sin. God says he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. But the payment for sin, the wages, death and hell. Now, God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. But we're not perfect. We're not righteous. We're sinners. And because of sin, we can't get in. And God says, you can't earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. It's not by your good deeds. There is none righteous, not one. There's none that doeth good, not one. So we can't do good to get to heaven because there is none good. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us, loves the whole world. He hates our sin, all of our sins, but he loves us. So he took our sins and he paid for them. Came back from the dead and said, all I have to do is if I'll believe that he did it for me, he put that death payment to my account and I get to go to heaven on what he did. I didn't earn that. And I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner saved by grace. If Christ walked in here right now and offered you eternal life and you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. If it's eternal life, it lasts forever. And if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? To heaven. 
So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yes. And once you trust Christ as Savior, you become a child of God, and you're going to heaven when you die. Now, you may not always live like a Christian, but you still are if you trust the Lord. But your Heavenly Father may have to chasten and discipline you, beat the tar out of you, take you home before your time. Serve the Lord. Guard yourself. Be wise. Watch what you see and what you hear. Let's pray, shall we? Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.